It's the old radio comedy podcast. It's episode 81 of season 2 in time for another classic comedy radio show from the golden age of radio. Fibber McGee and Molly was one of the most successful and long-running comedy shows in radio history. It began on the NBC Blue Network in 1935, then moved to NBC Red Network and lasted for 24 years, with its last episode airing on October 2, 1959. It starred Jim and Marion Jordan, a real-life husband-and-wife comedy team, as the eponymous characters living in the fictional town of Wistful Vista. Fibber was a comic storyteller, and his wife was the straight part of the duo, and the cast of other main and supporting characters was quite large. Two of these characters were later spun off into their own shows, Beulah, the McGee's maid, and Throckmorton P. Gildersleeve, their neighbor. The show was a huge success, and eventually produced four films and a TV show, which ran for only one season from 1959 to 1960, with almost none of the radio actors participating. Now sit back and relax for the May 4th, 1948 broadcast of Fibber McGee and Molly. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Johnson's Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. The makers of Johnson's Wax products for home and industry present Fibber McGee and Molly with Bill Thompson, Arthur Q. Bryan, and me, Harlow Wilcox. The script is by Don Quinn and Phil Leslie. Music by the Kingsmen and Billy Mills Orchestra. the water in Niagara Falls can't wash your car clean. Water just won't cut through the stubborn, greasy, traffic tarnish, exhaust fumes, tree sap, oil, and bugs that make your car look shabby. Johnson's Car New, on the other hand, will remove all kinds of road dirt in jig time. You see, Johnson's Car New contains a fast-acting, powerful cleaning ingredient that cuts through any kind of grime. Car New actually does two things at once. It cleans as you apply it, it polishes when you wipe it off. You really apply the creamy, wax-fortified liquid, rub a bit where the grime is hardened, and then let dry to a white powder. Wipe off the powder and the job's done. Your car will gleam and sparkle the way it did the day you drove it out of the showroom. No, sir, water won't remove traffic tarnish. Johnson's Car New will. There's no better way to clean and polish your car than with Johnson's Car New. It's easy to use. It cleans and polishes at the same time. Use Johnson's Car New to bring out the beauty of your car. Look on the bright side, shine up the right side, bring out the beauty of your car. When Mr. McGee got a call to come down to the bank this morning, neither he nor Mrs. McGee ever dreamed it would change the whole course of his alleged career. And as a matter of fact, it probably won't. 
But to hear him tell his wife about it, he thinks it will as we listen to Fibber McGee and Molly. Well, sir, when I walked into old man McDonald, the president of the Third National Bank, that called me on the phone's office this morning, I was ready for anything. Overdrawn again, were you? That's what I thought. But before I could open my mouth, old McDonald introduces me to a friend of his that's a professor at the college here. And you know what? What? He wants to buy our house. Wants to do what? Yeah. Oh, McGee, you yeah, can't... he says he's looked all over town, and this is just the kind of a quiet, peaceful neighborhood he wants. And he'll give me 18,000 bucks for our house. 18,000 bucks, imagine that. Well, we'll be heavier with dough than a ravioli dinner. But heavenly days, dearie, money or no money, this is our home. Ah, uh, only till we close the deal. This afternoon, baby. Professor Pittman is dropping in at 4 o'clock to wrap it up. How long will it take us to move? Move? Yep. But McGee, dearie, darling, look, we can't do this awful thing. After all the happy years we've had to look back the on... The happiest year we'll ever look back on, Snooky, is the year we come into 18,000 bucks. <laughs> we can bear up under that. Yeah, but we've been so happy here. I've loved it from the day we moved in. Yep. The day we won it on a raffle and the agent gave you the key to the front door and you lost it. Then I boosted you up to get in the window and the policeman arrested you. Then it took us two days to prove it was our own home because we couldn't describe it because we'd never been in it. <laughs> And then when you finally carried me across the threshold, you stumbled and fell and broke your leg and woke up in the hospital. And the first thing you said was, it's a nice little house, baby, but it smells like carbolic acid. Oh, we need a change, kiddo. After all, I've given this place 11 of the best years of my life. And by George... Come in. Oh, it's the old timer. Hi, old timer. Hello, Mr. Old Timer. Hello there, kids. What you smirking about, Johnny? You look mighty satisfied with yourself, and if you are, you're awful easy, please. Well, he's a lot happier than I am, Mr. Old Timer. Go on, tell him, McGee. I don't even like to talk about it. Well, you'll get used to it, kiddo. We're going to move, Old Timer, out of this neighborhood. That's so, Johnny. Neighbors get up a petition, did they? No, but he has an offer for this house that's more than he can resist. $18,000, cash on the barrel head. Wow. $18,000, eh? <laughs> Say, I says, if I had any $18,000, kids, you know what I'd do? What'd you do? I'd get back to the South Seas and buy a little island. One of them that I was on to when I was a CB. Say, that's right. You were in the CBs, weren't you? Sure was, daughter. They had me building booby traps all through the jungle. Booby traps? Yep. Caught more boobies than anybody. <laughs> the biggest one being my company commander. <laughs> oh, I love them South Sea Islands, kids. Oh, uh, they must be very romantic. Oh, daughter, you'll never know till you see them. <laughs> Wonderful place. Ninety-foot palm trees, giant turtles, crabs six foot two inches long, weighing 180 pounds. Wait a minute. A crab that weighed 180 pounds? Yep, that was my company commander, Johnny. <laughs> what a crab. Could have seen him run sideways when the planes come over. <laughs> Talk about strange fish. I've seen one devil fish that really had me scared. Big one, was it? Big one. Six foot two. Same size as the company commander? It was a company commander, Johnny. 
seen that devil fish all afternoon and not catch a thing. A lot of Those waters, too, aren't there? Yeah, we had to keep a sharp eye for them when we were down diving for sponges. Oh, did you find any sponges? Not up one, Johnny. Biggest sponge ever seen. Six foot two, weighed 180 pounds. <laughs> oh, you mean? Yeah, the company commander. <laughs> Used to sponge off everybody. My goodness. Why did you dislike your company commander so? Greatest reason in the world, daughter. Owed him 82 bucks. <laughs> but I paid him back. Yeah. Diving in the lagoon one day, I brought up the biggest pink pearl ever seen in them parts. Big around as a bushel basket. My gosh, a pearl that big must have been worth a lot of money. Up to me, Johnny. This was Pearl Jones, the company commander's girlfriend. <laughs> well, I don't even know where you moved to, kids. I'll drop in to see. Oh, okay. <laughs> Billy Mills, the orchestra, and but beautiful. bucks is an awful fast cure for that kind of sickness. But where will we go? Oh. Where will we live? My gosh, that's a trivial detail. I'll simply get you on a few quiz programs and we'll have another house with seven refrigerators before you can say truth or link letter. <laughs> hey, we better get started packing, kiddo. We got any barrels or anything to pack dishes into? Oh, please, McGee, don't talk like that. I love this house. I'm happy here. Yeah, me too, but with 18,000 bucks, I can be happy in a hollow tree. Besides, this ain't so much of a house. What's the matter with this house, may I ask? Plenty. Look how long the grass is out in front. <laughs> I cut it and trim it and water it, and in less than six weeks, it's all shaggy again. No, but that isn't... Hello, Molly. Hiya, pal. What's new? 
Well, according to my little rooster here, Mr. Wilcox, we're flying the coop. Rolling our nest egg in front of us, which will be a neat trick if we can do it. You're what? We're moving, Junior. <laughs> moving? Socially, we're stepping up a notch. This has been a rather decent little home, of course, and I shall always remember it rather affectionately, but with our improved economic status, it's naturally trifled, uh, shall we say, infradig. Let's not say that till we look it up. Hey, uh, wait a minute. You're selling this house? Who's buying it? Some professor, Mr. Wilcox, says he wants a quiet home in a quiet neighborhood where he can write a book. Hey, that isn't Professor Connolly, the astronomer, is it? No. Tell him I want to see him sometime. About no, it. no, no, this is Professor Pittman, Mr. Wilcox. Oh. What you want to see a stargazer for, son? Got to get your fortune told? No, I want to ask him about Mars. Huh? Oh, you mean like if there is life on Mars or not, Mr. Wilcox? No, I want to ask him if he knows how Mars can be practically eliminated. How can you do that? With Johnson's wife. Oh! <laughs> warning me about how Mr. Wilcox always... You see, if he's moving into this house which Molly has spent so much loving care on, beautifying and protecting it with Johnson's wax, making it positively glitter as it does with that rich, warm hospitality... Oh, Mr. Wilcox, you're just saying that. Well, I think he ought to know what's protected your floors and furniture against unsightly mars and scratches and scuffs. Oh. That it's Johnson's wax that's given this home of yours its lovely luster. And the time for fun that easier housework permits. That's why uh, I'd look, like... Look. Waxy. Yes, pal. <laughs> Do you ever think of pinch hitting for Dr. IQ? Why, no, pal, I haven't. Why, McGee? I was just thinking how confusing it might be. He'd probably forget and holler, Give that lady a box of bars, Mars. <laughs> you see, Mars bars is a candy, and Johnson's wax bars Mars, so if he says bars Mars instead of Mars bars, oh, you gotta go, Junior? <laughs> Yes, Doctor. I have a lady in the balcony at the Bijou. My wife. Let me know where you move to. Okay, sir. What's that, the Bijou? Mrs. Wilcox. No, I mean... And a very funny Walter Lang comedy called Sitting Pretty. I'd like to see that, but maybe we'd better save it. Save it for what? When we sell this house, we may be sleeping in theaters. Oh. And I'd much rather laugh myself to sleep than cry. I don't know what makes you so pessimistic. <laughs> My gosh, with 18,000 smackaroos to horse around with, we won't exactly be huddling in doorways. Well, I've got to go out in the kitchen and plan the packing, dearie. Let me know when the professor gets here. Okay. I want to meet him and put the evil eye on him. <laughs> okay, Tootsie. Ah, oh, there goes a good kid. Imagine her being so sentimental about selling this house. It ain't as if we'd been born here. Although I can think of several occasions when we've died here. <laughs> ah, the professor. Come in, professor. Come in, home, mister. Huh? Oh. Oh, hi, Teeny. Hi. Shut the door. I was expecting a guy that's going to buy this house. I'm selling it. Oh, gee. Where are you going to move to, mister? Where are you? Who? Well, I don't know, sis. I'm getting quite a hunk of dough for this house, so we may just spend a few years traveling around, you know, oh. like to England, South America, and maybe the French Revere. Oh. Gee. <laughs> I'm going to miss you, mister. Yeah? You always used to tell me such dandy stories and give me a quarter for a soda and stuff. <laughs> oh, Gee, maybe whoever moves in here after you won't like little children. Uh, well, don't borrow trouble, sis. The interest rate's always too high. 
Mister, just for old times' sake, why don't you tell me one story, hmm? No. Just kind of a farewell present, kind of, hmm? Well, sis, you caught me in a mellow mood. Oh, goody. Funny how 18,000 bucks can soften a guy's character. <laughs> I ever tell you how owls got so smart? Oh, <laughs> no. All right. Well, once upon a time... I've heard it. <laughs> no, you haven't. Okay. Okay. Once upon a time in a big sassafras tree, there lived a great big young owl. Oh, boy. And being young, he was awful gabby. Oh. Uh-huh. Knew everything about everything, he thought. Gab, gab, gab all day long. Yadda, ta, yadda, ta, yadda, for all night long. Oh. <laughs> kept, kept everybody awake with his silly chatter. I'll beat mine. That's rear elephant to the story, sis. Immaterial and rear elephant. Well, I just thought I'd mention it. It would have been more interesting if I if I said mine beat owls, but they don't. <laughs> Hmm. Pardon me for interrupting, mister. Yeah. Well, that's all right, sis. Well, sir, this young owl... I'm sorry if I was impolite. <laughs> I forget it. Well, sir, this young owl... I won't do it again, mister. <laughs> well, sir, this young owl... Tell a story, mister, will you? Come on, tell us. Okay, okay. Well, sir, this gabby young owl finally got on everybody's nerves. Oh? The squirrels hated him, the birds hated him... Rabbits were sore at him, and even the butterflies were kind of annoyed. You know how hard it is to irritate a butterfly. Oh, sure. <laughs> I guess so. So, all the woodland creatures got together, and they hatched a plot. They all agreed that whenever this young owl started chattering in the night, they'd all pelt him with rocks and acorns and twigs. And so they did. And he'd open his big eyes and stare all around him, but he never could see who's throwing that stuff. Oh. He'd yell, who threw that? Nobody'd answer. And then wham, he'd get an old bird's nest on the back of the neck. Who threw that, he'd yell. And there wouldn't be any answer. Mm-hmm. I bet you that taught him a lesson, I bet you. It really did, sis. Finally, he got a little sense in him, and when he got slugged with a hickory nut or something, he'd just look around and say, Who? fact, it made such an impression on him that from that time right up to today, you can hardly get an owl to say anything these days except, hmm. You almost never see a gabby owl. <laughs> you know what the moral of that story is, sis? Oh. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You do? What is it? The moral is, if you keep your eyes open and your mouth shut, you might wind up in who's who. The King's Men and Money, Money, Money. Once I have big bank account, thankful for it, large amount. Girlfriend like a millionaire, then I lose money and get the Personality went to college for degree. I can do most 
like romance and spring. Like to hear Twain play and sing. I can sing soft so lucky. But I got no do re me. If you want me to invite, this is my philosophy. Save a penny every day. Without dollar, no maintain. You gotta have a Yankee dollar in your pocket. right out from under his back. You're pretty relaxed. Well, certainly. Well, didn't need to get unrelaxed yet, kiddo. After we seal the deal this afternoon, then we can get excited when we get our hooks on those 18 Gs. Think of it. I am. We'll be rich. And homeless. Yep. We'll throw our furniture into storage, hand the prop the key, warn him about that loose step on the back porch, cut off the morning paper, and hit the road. You hit the road, dearie. Huh? If I'm going out of town with any part of $18,000... I'm going in the fattest old drawing room that the Pullman Company ever dreamed of. <laughs> you said it, baby. I'm kind of tired of upper berths myself. I practically went to California and back on a ladder once. <laughs> <laughs> but that was long before... Oh, this might be him now, yeah. McGee. Come oh, in. Boy. <laughs> oh, it's dear Dr. Gamble. Nice to see you, Doctor. Thank you, my dear. And good day to you, Wind Tunnel. Hi, Broadbeam. Pull up a chair and sit down and hope it won't be our living room much longer for 18,000 bucks. Cash. You might translate that into ordinary English for me, Molly, if you're in the mood. If not, I'm perfectly willing to ignore him completely and just talk to the brains of the family. He's selling the house, Doctor. Our little home. Today. He's what? Yep. I'm closing the deal this afternoon. Lock, stock, and barrel, bottom. Oh, <laughs> So you're selling your home, are you? Yep. I don't suppose you've given any thought to the problem of where your wife is going to live. I'm assuming, of course, that you'll go through that $18,000 like a babysitter through a Reebok album. Oh, I'll live wherever he does, Doctor, of course. Nonsense. He can always go back where he came from and be happy. But how can you live under a flat rock? <laughs> Nobody's going to live under any flat rocks, Baconhead. And any time I want any advice about my private life from you, I'll go ask somebody else. A guy at the university made me an offer for the house. And... Yes, uh, Professor Pittman, Doctor. Yes. They say he's a highly intelligent man. That'll be a stunning novelty for this house, won't it? <laughs> oh, cut it out, Lobster Pot. You're not funny. Just because you keep people in stitches don't think you're a wit. <laughs> don't talk like that, McGee. Well, he makes me tired. Dr. Gamble doesn't keep people in stitches anyhow. He keeps stitches in people. <laughs> Nicely put, my dear, and thank you. I don't want to argue with you today anyway, my boy. Hmm? I'm just a little shocked by the news. You're moving, I mean. Of all the friends I have in this world, you're undoubtedly the biggest. Biggest what, Doc? Finish it. I'm the biggest what? Let it go, McGee. <laughs> Better quit while you're ahead. 
When are you leaving, Molly? Not for a few weeks at least, Doctor. We let you know our plans. Good. I got a scram, kids. They just got a terrific idea. Yeah, what you going to do, Doc? Start quietly buying up real estate. If you're actually going to move out, drumhead, real estate values in this neighborhood will double overnight. Thanks for the tip. Oh, I'll yeah. See Isn't he a sweet old character, McGee? Oh, we can argue that out later, kiddo. It's about time for the pop to show up here, and I want to be sure everything is peaceful now. Listen, can you hear that upstairs faucet? No. No, I can't. Good. I'd hate to have this deal blown up by a simple little drip like that. Oh. <laughs> Don't ever give Dr. Gamble a line like that, sweetheart. He'll murder you. <laughs> I can just hear him. Oh, 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 here he comes, Molly. Quiet now. Now, don't let him sit in that rocking chair. It squeaks. Everything quiet? Do you think this dress is too loud, dearie? I could run upstairs. No, 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 no. That's okay. Come in! How do you do? Uh, Mr. and Mrs. McGee? Uh, that's right, bud. Or prop. I'm Mr. McGee, and this is my wife, Mrs. McGee. Molly, uh, Professor Pittman. How do you do, I'm sure. Sit down, sir. Here, uh, let me have your hat. I'll put it in the hall closet. Oh, no, 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 no. Just, uh, just uh, lay it on the table, Molly. I'll show the prop around the house. Sign the $18 papers and we'll have it. If you don't mind, I'd like to just sit down here a moment and enjoy this peaceful living room. Lovely neighborhood here. Oh, yes. We like it all right. Sometimes the birds get a little noisy, but... (laughs) Yeah, it's wonderful. It's a steal at 18 G's, Bob. Quieter than the inside of the public library. Oh, I can't stand the public library. Chairs scraping, pages turning, people breathing. You know, some people annoy me that way, too. That's why I like this neighborhood, Mrs. McGee. I must have absolute quiet to work on my book. It's so peaceful. Oh, my God. What's that? That's Mr. Williams next door here. As a weatherman, he thought he ought to know more about wind instruments, so he bought himself a trumpet. (laughs) You were saying, Professor? I beg pardon? Oh, yes. I was saying that this neighborhood has always seemed to be so free from noise that I felt that's right, Doc. That's the ice cream man. (laughs) The children have a ball game going on out there. Oh, but I interrupted you. Well, I I was saying I must have quiet to work on it. Oh, this is awful. Relax, Bob. Oh, 
He didn't really want to sell. He just talks himself into things. What he thinks is a honey of an idea usually turns out as just a bee in his bonnet. Although sometimes... Hey, Molly, it's for you. The back door. Oh, who is it, dearie? A guy with an ice cream truck, a boy with a hot rod, a kid with a motorcycle, six small baseball players, and Foggy Williams with a split lip. Oh. <laughs> well, uh, tell him I'll be out and pay them all off as soon as I run upstairs and get my purse. <laughs> different furniture polish, a furniture polish that does not contain one single drop of dust-catching oil. It's Johnson's Cream Wax, created especially for your furniture and light-colored woodwork. Cream Wax is a white liquid that polishes with wax instead of the old-fashioned oil that always left a sticky film on surfaces. Not only does Cream Wax leave your furniture and light woodwork glowing with a rich, shining, protective coat of wax, but powerful cleaning ingredients remove fingerprints and smudges while you polish. Cream Wax makes your furniture much easier to keep clean, too. Just an occasional light dusting will keep that Cream Wax film sparkling and glowing. You'll be delighted when you see how wonderfully well it works on your enameled kitchen furniture and refrigerator. Try it, friends. I know you'll find, as so many women have found, Johnson's Cream Wax is a welcome addition to the many Johnson's Wax products that bring out the beauty of your home. Look on the bright side, shine up the right side, bring out the beauty of the home. Ladies and gentlemen, as a special guest for a very special reason tonight, may I present Dr. E.C. Farnham, who represents the International Council of Religious Education. Dr. Farnham. Thank you, Mr. Wilcox. It gives me great pleasure to appear on this broadcast because the Fibber McGee and Molly program has been chosen as the radio show which best exemplifies certain qualities in American family life which the church considers desirable. Some of these qualities are a high moral tone, a high type of humor, democracy in living, a sponsoring commercial in keeping with the best in family life, and adherence to standards of good taste in radio. This citation is presented to you, Fibber McKee and Molly, upon the authority of a nationwide poll by the Inter-Council Committee on Christian Family Life, which represents 40 religious denominations. Congratulations. Thank you, Doctor. We're very happy that we are able to measure up to those requirements, and we hope we'll continue to deserve the committee's approval. Yes, but we have to admit to a slight advantage, Doctor. Johnson's wax makes things easy to keep clean. Thank you again. That was the episode Selling the House from Fibber McGee and Molly. I hope you enjoyed it. Everyone have a great week, and we'll see you here again on Friday for another classic comedy radio show. I'm Greg Fordyce. Thanks for listening. We'll have another house with seven refrigerators before you can say truth or link letter.